everyone, and welcome back to the Reclaimed Podcast. I am Ellie Herringshaw, and I am so excited to be here today again with my dear and amazing friend, Kristen Davis Eliason, who is, well, yeah, why don't you just introduce yourself, Kristen? Hi. Sure. Hello. <laughs> um, so I am one of Ellie's long lost friends, not lost, just longtime friends um, yeah. from childhood. And currently I live in Hawaii. Um, I'm a clinical psychologist there. Um, yeah. So. And you're here in the tundra of St. Paul, Minnesota. Yes. Why? I come here because I have dear friends and dear family who still (laughs) reside here. And because I value a white Christmas. So I come for a white Christmas and then I quickly leave to return to the ocean (laughs) and the sun and sand. Well, I'm glad that you're here and I'm glad that you're taking time to come back on the podcast and to talk with me today. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on today because I want to talk about how to find a therapist. Hmm. The perennial question. Yes. It's um it can be a really hard thing for people to do. And mm. even something that that is just hard, people just don't quite know where to start. Like how do you even start the process of finding a therapist? What do you expect? Mm-hmm. Or what should you expect? And then how do you know if it's a good fit or not? Yes. And I'm sure you have all of the answers to these questions. Oh, yeah. 100%. Super <laughs> perfect answers. Um, I guess that, well, before I kind of get started, of course, I want to give my typical caveat of I am not your therapist. Anything I say today is not me kind of saying it as your therapist. It's just saying it as a guest on um, Ellie's podcast. So don't try yeah. and like, sue me or anything crazy like that. Yes. Do not um, sue. Do not sue. <laughs> but I don't think that anything today that we will talk about w- would even get into that realm anyways, because we're talking about just generally finding Yeah. I mean, finding we, we, might di- we might dig in a little bit more because that's basically our conversations are always like, mm-hmm. we always dive in a little bit. We do. <laughs> this is why we've remained friends. There's, there's times where where we'll be having a conversation and I'll be like, oh, wow, I feel like I'm in a therapy session right now. <laughs> Which you're not. Which I'm not because I have my own therapist yes. that I actually pay mm-hmm. to um, to have those conversations with and to process with. I should say I've been in therapy um, since right after I discovered my ex-husband's affair. And that was one of the that was one of the first things that that you recommended to me. You said, hey, you know, you should find you should find a therapist. You should start start seeing someone and processing Mm -hmm. this and that was one of the most important things that I think I could have done to just be really intentional about processing and and seek professional help to do Mm -hmm. that I'm so grateful I did that yeah yeah me too so I've been so I've um I've seen two therapists and the person that I'm seeing now is just awesome and I love her and it's um it's just like a super super good fit and maybe my my first therapist wasn't maybe the best fit for me, mm-hmm. um, but I but I did see her for almost a year, and um, and they kind of found that that maybe maybe isn't the best thing. But this but this woman that I'm with now is super great and um, highly highly recommend therapy. I mean, for anyone listening to the podcast at any length of time, you've heard me talk about how I'm a big fan of therapy and just processing these things with a professional. I think is so. So great. So talk about a little bit about what is your, um, do you see, you see clients, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you, um, yeah, you have an ongoing relationship with, with people. What is yeah. that, what is that like for you on that side of it? Like, 
Yeah. So for me, I mean, I think it's maybe different than what would be the case for most people listening to this podcast than I work at the VA, meaning that in the choosing a therapist process, most of my patients don't really choose me. Okay. So based on their diagnosis, they're put in one of the clinics at our VA. Um, I'm one of the trauma psychologists, so I'm kind of one of the, of the people that they might see if they have trauma. Um, but granted, one of their rights kind of being a veteran and being treated at, at the VA is that if they can't stand their providers, if they hate me, basically, <laughs> then they can always request to switch. Um, and I'm sure you take that really personally no. when they switch. <laughs> no, actually really not personally whatsoever. I mean, I think it's a cause for introspection of like, you know, consulting with others and processing if maybe something I did was maybe not the best fit for them mm. or ways that maybe, but I mean, what we typically recommend and what I actually would recommend to anybody listening, if you are thinking about switching therapists, um, is to have a very direct conversation with your therapist about yeah. why you're switching. Not just because it's good feedback for your therapist, but actually because it's really, I think, empowering as an individual to have shared intimate things with a person and be able to end that well. Yeah. And part of ending well is... Being honest, being direct, say what you yeah. perhaps liked or definitely did not like, and saying why it's not a good fit. I yeah. think that in most of the relationships that we have with friends and with family, we never have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, or it we like... have the opportunity and we just don't take it because it feels too scary. Yeah. And I mean, it kind of sounds like a breakup. It is. Yeah. But it's a breakup that's hopefully a lot more contained because if, if your therapist has any semblance of a good therapist, they are going to, like, be on the other side of that breakup in the best way possible. Yeah. So where huh. some people are, are, like, you know, really worried about breaking up because of the other person's response, if your therapist, hopefully they were trained to, you know, break up well, <laughs> then it's going to be a very, I think, healing and reparative process of even if we're going to call it a breakup, yeah. doing that breakup. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about like what what is therapy? What would you? Because some people will say like, oh, I go to counseling, I go to therapy. Are those terms so interchangeable? So the way that people use them is very interchangeable, but typically what it denotes is the level of training. Okay. So when people say counseling, and granted, a lot of people refer to me as you know their counselor or their therapist, but it really comes down to the different types of things that you would be getting. So you can go and see a biblical counselor who is a person whose training has been given at a seminary. Mm -hmm. um, and that is going to be very, very different than if you go and see a clinical psychologist and get therapy or if you want to call it counseling from them. Typically, and this is not always the case, but typically counseling is fits more with what that word means. So it's giving of advice or giving okay. something very specific. Um, for biblical counseling, again, this is not my area, but typically it's kind of pointing out biblical principles and kind of guiding people towards those principles. It's oftentimes a lot more directive than what therapy is. Hmm. Therapy is, granted, it looks a variety of ways based on what the orientation, the kind of like therapeutic stance of your therapist is because there's kind of different camps within that. But that is going to be much more them being alongside you in your process of working through things okay so it's more helping you to come to knowledge and awareness and understanding versus more answer giving okay with that being said I think that kind of the stereotype is that biblical counseling you know or like any sort of like religious counseling that's the only place that you can bring up your faith background and that's not the mm, case yeah so I mean if a person's faith is important to them 
a good therapist is going to integrate that in the session. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think about even my patients, those who that's something that's important to them. We've talked about that. And there's ways that that's kind of woven in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because, again, if that's part of a person and who they are, it'd be pretty terrible of me as a therapist to not be integrating that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I've expressed that. I mean, I, I have a um, I, I see a psychologist and um, and. That, I mean, that's that's one of the that's one of the things that I talk a lot about because it's a huge part of my life. And so then she's always incorporating that and sort of weaving that into her answers and and bringing always sort of bringing things around to what my core belief is. Mm-hmm. And um, and then questioning, you know, bringing up questions about that to to spur on the conversation. I think that's really great. Yeah. So what is um, what is psychotherapy? Um, psychotherapy. Is just another word for therapy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you will not hear, typically you would not hear like a marriage family therapist or a person who has a master's of social work, an MSW degree, use that term to describe what they do. Okay. Um, more commonly, you would hear a psychologist use that to describe what they do. But even more so than that, I kind of talked before about the different orientations that different therapists have. That's oftentimes more in a more psychodynamic orientation that that phrase would be used. Okay. But really, for most people, I think just think of it as therapy. Okay, yeah. So is there – how would you how would you advise someone um, maybe like looking on psychologi- or psychology today, mm-hmm. um, sort of just like shopping for a therapist – there's all of these, there's all these like, you know, little tag on to, to, oh to people's names, like yes. PhD and, and, you know, I mean, where do you even start? Like, how is, how would, how does anyone even start this process? And for somebody like myself struggling with, struggling with like anxiety and, mm-hmm. and just feeling like, oh my gosh, this is another thing on my list that I need to do totally. to find a therapist. That sounds daunting. Yeah, I just want to validate that it is daunting and that Psychology Today, be it a great resource and probably, honestly, one of the better ones to find your therapist, it's really overwhelming. Like It's like a giant, yeah. It's so a huge is, database and it uses all of this jargon that the average person who's looking for a therapist yeah. has no understanding of what that means. Yeah, so just for people that maybe aren't familiar with it, it's a, it's basically a, um, it's a, it's like a, a database of mm-hmm. um, of psychologists and and therapists and I mean just like a number of people um, and you basically you can just advertise your yeah. services on there mm-hmm. right so so it's like different um, different counseling centers and then just different people that you can go to whether they accept um, insurance or not yeah. what their specialty is all talks that stuff. about what orientation they are yeah. talks about what their training is mm-hmm. but it's confusing too because it mixes up psychologists with social workers. Which yeah. m- with marriage and family therapists, um, and it's just confusing yeah. to know like what's the pros and cons of each. What do all these different orientations mean? Like psychodynamic or attachment based or humanistic or cognitive behavioral, existential. I mean, the list goes it, on and, and on everyone and on. who is listening to this knows exactly what those things are. Probably no one does, and frankly, I probably would not even have a great definition for about <laughs> half of those. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a it's a super daunting thing. Yeah. So one of the things that I was really blessed by, you you had recommended my first therapist to me, mm-hmm. and that was somebody that you knew from um, from my training, from your training. Um, so that was really nice because I just had I had a number that I could just call, and 
that's the first person that I went to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really, really grateful for that. And not everyone has that that option. And even then, that did not end up being the person that you ended up yep. staying with. Exactly. Yep. Um, so, I mean, th- that that's not always the option for people to, to just have somebody hand them a name. No. Um, so would, would a good option for someone be to find, like, a counseling center, like, um, and then sort of just like do, do some shopping within there. What do you, I mean, what do you think? Uh, I mean, okay. Word of mouth can be really good, but even then, like, say like your friend has a great therapist and they talk on and on about how great their therapist is. That's like me. I am always talking about how great my therapist is. It might be worth checking out, right? Because it might just be a fantastic therapist. However, it might be that your friend has very different goals for treatments that maybe that Mm. therapist is not as good at working on. So word of mouth, I'd say, is definitely worth checking out. However, there's other factors. Like, does your insurance cover? Yep. Um, If not, then is this therapist willing to do a sliding scale. So if mm-hmm. you can only pay 60 bucks per session, are they willing to go down to 60 bucks? Um, location. I mean, honestly, my filters initially would be the practicalities. Like, yep. how far am I willing to drive? How much am I willing to pay or can I pay? Do I need to have my insurance be part of what is helping to pay? Mm-hmm. And But even then, like, you're going to have hundreds of people that probably fit those filters. Hmm. Yeah. So from there... I would, ugh, it's so hard. But honestly, I mean, I would think really about what some of your goals are and kind of read through bios and see if what they kind of talk about seems to fit those goals. Yeah. And then like any other relationship, the only way to really figure it out is just go. And try it. And try it. And another thing to ask, and this is totally fine to ask if you call a therapist, is is if they charge for the very first session. Okay. So a lot of therapists will offer a free first session. It might be like a 30 minute session instead of say like 60 minutes. Yeah. But they'll offer a free, a free consultation or it'll be free unless you choose to stay with them and then they'll charge you for that first session. Okay. Um, And would that be something that you would want to call and ask them beforehand? Yes. Okay. So if I were you and I've done this with my therapist, you call in advance and just ask them those straightforward questions. Mm -hmm. Like, do you offer free consultation for that first session what is your rate? Do you offer sliding scale? Do you take this insurance? Yeah. And then kind of go from there and kind of just start trying people out. Yeah. Now, if you've never been to therapy, you don't know what to look for and what yeah. to really try yeah. out. Or maybe you don't even know what your goals are. Or you don't know what your goals are. Yeah. Like, what do I even want out of this? Do I just mm-hmm. want somebody to be able to talk with? Yeah. Am I trying to – do I just – need an idea of what my goals are (laughs) and maybe somebody else will help me provide that yeah and I mean like the goal might be figuring out like say I mean most people go to therapy I say that that the vast majority go because something is wrong yep um so even if it's like just figuring out why this thing is wrong Mm -hmm. like just figuring out why I'm not happy Mm -hmm. why I can't sleep something like that yeah um I think if you there's a I'd say a minority of folks that go just because they want like self-development and self-growth just because most people aren't willing to shell out the money for self-growth until something has been lit on fire basically (laughs) and the same thing with um with marriage counseling totally with with, you know an issue in the marriage and for the most part we're talking about I mean I guess um a marriage counselor and then personal counseling would be kind of interchangeable in this in this conversation pretty similar for the most part yeah I mean the only kind of added on 
thing is that if you know it's marriage therapy or couples therapy then you have to be thinking about the preferences of your significant other too yes of course. so say that one person is like i will only see a male therapist or i will only see a female mm-hmm. then that kind of narrows down too yeah for sure so but that actually would be a, another good filter for individual is are you equally comfortable and willing to meet with a male or a female yeah and that was one thing for me. I I mm-hmm. wanted to meet with a female. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I'd be able to open up more yep. with with a woman. Yep. And yeah, so I'm great. I'm I'm grateful that I found somebody that I really like mm-hmm. um, that fits that. Yeah. Um. So you were saying just just b- before we got on our little tangent, um, <laughs> to to maybe just have that conversation with some with um with a therapist on the phone, um, to talk about you know what are your rates and and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing and then you go to the appointment and then you go yeah probably the for the most part the first session is going to be more of an intake so them probably asking more questions than what they typically do Mm -hmm. um they might be either sending you in the mail some surveys to be filling out to just kind of get a picture for some of the stuff that they can get beforehand like I don't know, like just historical stuff. Like, yeah. are you family history? Drugs? Are you like, what's your yeah. family history? What's your therapy history? Things like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and then they can kind of hit the ground running with you in that first session. Yeah, and that's good to just maximize the time mm-hmm. that you have with them in that first in that first session. Yep. Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, my recommendation to folks is do not just see one therapist, mm-hmm. especially if you've never been before. You have to. Well, like you don't have to, but I would highly recommend at least checking out three or four because hmm. otherwise like you might think, oh, this person's great, but you don't know because you haven't had a good point of comparison. Yep. So like Ellie and I have talked about how finding a therapist is, is like dating and, and other people have kind of compared this mm-hmm. before too, but like you can't, it's, it's good to get a point of comparison if it's something that you've yeah. never done before. Yep. So exactly. Like you, to some degree, you want to like go on a bunch of first dates with people. Yeah. To, to, I mean, just figure out like what is a good first date. Yep. Because it might seem good, but then you go to the next one and it's like a thousand times better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's fine to let the therapist know that you're doing that. It's like, okay, thank you for the session. I just wanted to let you know yep. I am, you know, checking out other therapists. Um, I'm just kind of trying to get a feel for who is the best fit for me. Yeah. And I think and any, any, good therapists would would they'd be fine with yeah. that because because they want you to make the most out of this and and, and totally you know you want you want to have control over over the way that your therapy is done the way that the way that you're treating it mm-hmm. and um so that yeah they're gonna they're gonna be fine with that they, they, yes. they should be <laughs> and if they're not then that's a great yeah. red flag and then you take them off your list of therapists yeah I, I didn't shop around for therapists I just went with mm-hmm. that one and I went with her for I guess it was like 10 months I was with her um and and I guess sort of the idea of like sharing the story again to more people sounded so daunting mm-hmm. and overwhelming yeah um and I know that for the most part I got I got a lot out of that you know, those 10 months with her. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't regret that. Um, but yeah, what would you, what would you say to somebody who's like, Oh, that sounds like so much, yeah, so much work. And maybe, maybe they don't even necessarily see the, you know, the long-term benefits of it, of, of finding a a good therapist that would be really helpful for them. Mm -hmm. Um, because it is new, like Mm -hmm. this whole process is new. So maybe somebody doesn't know how great it's going to be. So why, why go through the effort? You go through the effort because you don't want to be stuck with a dud. <laughs> I think a lot of people, and actually I was sharing this with a friend a couple of weeks ago, like, 
you know, when I went to the dentist growing up, I thought that kind of every dentist was the same. It's like you go in, they look at your teeth, they mm. fill your cavities, they clean your teeth, like whatever. But it's totally not the case. Like mm. dentists are trained at different schools. Some dentists just frankly suck. Um, and they're going to hurt you. <laughs> and they're going to hurt you. They're going to like do more drilling than they need to and charge you like crazy. And the same thing is true for, frankly, your medical doctor. So guess mm. what? Not every surgeon is, is as good as the next one. Um, some, some primary care docs are going to catch things that other ones won't. Yep. So just because a person has gotten their PhD on paper is highly qualified and is really good. I mean, there is an aspect of skill as well as what's going to be a good fit with your personality. And just bedside manner. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you kind of like any relationship, like you you can maybe just look out on the very first one mm -hmm. and it might just be fantastic. But if you really want to have it be worth your while, then go for it. I mean, like what a waste of time and money to mm -hmm. sit with a, a therapist who is just not a good fit or who yeah. frankly is just not as good. Yeah. Um, or who like doesn't, who isn't going after the goals that you yeah. are trying to even figure out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's scary for people to admit that like there are bad doctors yeah there are bad dentists there are bad psychologists because we want these people in, in these positions to all be trustworthy but there are crappy ones there's yeah. reasons that people lose their their licenses and not to like use this as like a scare tactic but kind of like use the common sense that you use with any other relationship hmm. check things out first yeah as far as like the fatigue level of like sharing difficult histories or difficult stories I mean, you have to have the permission to share as much as you want in those first few sessions. Yeah. So say that it was someone who, I don't know, had like experienced domestic violence and it was pretty, you know, long spread. They have had a pretty long history with that. In the first session, they could just tell their therapist like, you know, I have a history of being abused by my spouse. Um, mm -hmm. It was physical. And right now during the session, I don't really want to talk about it more because I don't know if this is going to be yeah. a therapeutic relationship that lasts yeah and that's fine I mean therapists are not going to you know push on that hard I mean if they do again run don't yeah. stay with that therapist <laughs> but I mean because like when a patient says that to me I'm always like yeah that makes sense yeah and I'll even tell them at the beginning of the session know that you do not have to disclose everything to to me today I don't think it's fair for you as a person coming in yeah to meet with me as this brand new psychologist and I feel like you have to spill your guts right or you or that you have to trust them right away no yeah because I mean legally you can't share anything that's shared nope in that in that room you can't nope. share it with anyone else mm -mm. unless someone's going to be hurt yep essentially right yep. that's kind of that's sort of the basis yeah. of it but at the same time just because you know that it doesn't mean that you can that you need to trust them right away mm -mm. with everything no yeah because I mean I think that most people aren't as much worried about the confidentiality being broken as far as a therapist sharing something with somebody else most people are just like the emotional pain that it takes to disclose some of these things is, is the scary bit yeah which I'm like yeah that makes sense so just choose how much you and even think about that in advance like if, if you're going to your first therapy appointment with a new therapist think in advance about how, how much you want to share during that first mm. session because I think that sometimes people get in and then before they know they are just sharing everything and then because they've shared everything they feel like they have to stay in that relationship yeah which again if oh, we go wow. back to the dating analogy <laughs> it's like oh crap yeah. I slept with this person on my first date with them 
they're not yep. really that great, but I gave them something important, so now perhaps yep. I should stick with them. So we're married now. Yeah. Yeah. Like It's like too much attachment too soon. Yeah, yeah. And this is not me like advocating for not being open and honest with your therapist, but it's like it's okay to kind of gradate that, especially mm-hmm. towards the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And once you're locked in with them, then by all means go full force. Yep disclosing and being honest but why put yourself through that pain if you're not sure that you're going to stick with them yeah that's that's really good that's super good if somebody is facing a um like a like a a marital issue Mm -hmm. um would you recommend get like having having a marriage counselor um you know somebody that they're seeing together can they see that person um individually as well or should they be seeing their own individual counselors too no (laughs) (laughs) so this gets only messy in rural settings where there's not enough therapists to go around so say that you live in like Idaho and there's literally like one psychologist for a hundred miles and Mm -hmm. you need both individual as as well as marriage that's going to be a different answer potentially but especially in metropolitan areas you should never have your marriage therapist as the same person as as your individual person yeah Um, And I think that it kind of is like a case-by-case basis where people might need individual as well as marital. Yeah. Um, Oftentimes, if you're in marriage therapy, your marriage therapist, if they think that you need the individual, will suggest it. And then we'll we'll provide some good referrals to individual providers who they would recommend. Okay. Um, So I do that frequently with my patients. If I'm seeing them for – and it goes the other way for individual – and it's like, okay, like we can work on like your piece of this, but a lot of the, of the strife in your life is because your marriage is a hot mess. <laughs> then I will continue seeing them for individual. Yep. I, will re- I will refer them for marital and then we'll sign a document that basically provides legal permission if the people want to do this okay. for me as the individual provider to be talking to the marriage therapist okay. if the patient wants that. But typically they do. Yeah. And I mean, th- that that just goes to what are your goals? What are your exactly. goals in your life? Not just in your therapy, but mm-hmm. in your life. If it's to, if it's to become a better spouse, if it's to become the best kind of person that you can be, which, mm-hmm. and have that, that would obviously run to their marriage, like to mm-hmm. be to, um, and then of course you can, you can do your part, but then there's issues in the marriage that would need to be addressed as well. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's really, that's really good. And I mean, if you're kind of like, oh, crap, like I only have money for one, then yeah, it choose one. Choose the one that feels like the fire is greater for. And okay. again, if if that therapist sees that you're needing more support, then they might be like, let's do every other week marriage therapy mm. and on the off week, then go and see your individual provider. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Right. Um, or that might be a case where if they do sliding scale, then there might be an, another provider in their, say, like group practice who could see you for individual on a reduced scale, and then they would see you for a re- okay. reduced scale. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds kind of messy at times, but mm-hmm. but it's almost like, it's almost like, you know, in cleaning a closet or something, like things get more messy before they get more organized, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like in your life. Sometimes you have to uproot those things and talking about these issues and talking about stuff with someone else just helps to do that I think it does at least that's really been the case in my yeah and as we're talking about it like I think the difficult piece in both describing therapy and especially talking about you know fees for therapy is that there's really no way to quantify the benefit of it until you do it yeah 
Um, and it's how you do it well. Yeah, exactly. Like I've talked to a lot of folks who are higher functioning. They maybe went to therapy because they have, you know, depression, but not depression that's so extreme that they can't get out of bed each day and do their job. They just kind of always feel blue. Yeah. And have perhaps some weight gain or some sleep difficulties. Um, And I feel like the most common, and I think that there's actually research done on this, and so don't quote me, but something like the most common number of sessions, like the average number of sessions for a person is one. (laughs) So a Mm. lot of people will go to one session and feel like it didn't help and then quit therapy after Mm. one session. It might be like two or or three or or something like that. Or just never make the next appointment. Yeah, exactly. And part of that is because actually it feels very therapeutic to just unload so a lot of people will will come to their first session unload and just dump everything that's wrong with them and it felt good to just kind of dump it um which is fine but if you're actually wanting growth it's definitely going to take more than than one session Hmm. if you leave your first session and feeling like oh I've been fixed um you're probably delusional (laughs) so (laughs) Um, it's pretty stinking rare for one session. I mean, again, it's it should feel helpful and that it feels relieving. But yeah. I don't think it's going to feel helpful and that anything has been fixed. Yeah. Right. So it's like and it's going to it's going to take session. it's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think one of the one of the best things about my therapy now is that I I very rarely talk about my divorce. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say rarely. It comes up, but what the the issues that I'm that I'm working on right now and the things that I'm working on personally are maybe side effects of a betrayal but I'm not talking directly about my ex-husband or yeah. I'm not talking directly about my marriage um it's it, it tends to go that way because it was a major life event but it's been 2 years and so a lot of the things that I'm talking about and processing are um are maybe um, maybe side effects of of a betrayal, but totally. not directly that. And that's what's so cool because it's been a huge part of reclaiming who I am mm-hmm. and just taking taking control over um, over my life and how I want to live my life. And mm-hmm. I know that I want to live my life very intentionally. And I want to um, I just want to do the best that I can do to be the best person I can be. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is just having someone speak into my life and say hey, uh, so this is a blind spot that maybe you have. Mm-hmm. Um, let's work on that. Yeah. <laughs> or how do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of what your therapist does is noticing things that you don't notice, connecting things that you have not connected. And a good therapist will call you out on the things that no one else is willing to call you out for. Yeah. It's so, like I've met with people too who have like, oh, I have good friends. Like they fit this need for me I don't need a therapist because it's like that's great that you have good friends and there are definitely things that your friends are not saying to you that your therapist would yeah but I think that if you approach therapy like you would going in for a surgery you're going to be disappointed what do you mean by that like you're not going to go in and have something done to you in each session or removed or removed it's not like a like you're getting your appendix removed (laughs) no and if you go in kind of like, okay, waiting for the magic, come on, therapist, like do your thing to make me better, then you will be disappointed. It's a much more slow process. And there's going to be sessions where you're probably going to leave being like, was that worth it? Like what really happened there? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, for a lot of 
you know, things that, that people come to therapy for, like anxiety or depression or mm-hmm. post-traumatic stress disorder, you didn't get that in a hot second, so it's not going to be fixed in mm. a hot second. Right. Um, I mean, in a way, I think of it, this is kind of dark, but like cancer, right? Like it takes months and months mm. for a cancer to grow, develop, kind of take root, and it takes typically months and months to treat it. Yeah. So you have to, you know, go through different stages, and each stage looks different, um, and the treatment looks different for different times. Different. Yeah. So I think if you go into therapy kind of seeing it like that, like this is not going to just be a quick fix thing. It's going to mm. take some time to do this. And a lot of what is dependent on the time is both what kind of, you know, is going on with you as well as how long it's been there, as well as frankly how willing you are to kind of kick it in in the pants. Like if you're more yeah. in a state where it's like, I'm so depressed I just can't do anything. Mm. I can't really, you know, get out of the house or whatever else. I mean, it's going to take more time Yeah. until you're kind of ready to fully jump in and kind of do your part in working through it and making Mm. the changes that need to be made. Yeah. So it sounds like it's, you know, for the most part, something that's hard. Like, Mm -hmm. Like therapy is hard and it's not just, it's not a passive thing of just sitting there and like laying on a couch mm-hmm. while somebody while while they while you're shown like ink blots no <laughs> it's a it's hard work it's like choosing to go in and knowing that it's going to ask you to do things that you have not been doing for perhaps your entire life yeah unlike cancer treatment where you go in and they do the painful terrible things to you to get you better yeah. you go into therapy and in a way, kind of do the painful things throughout the week to yourself to get mm. you better. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm really selling this well, aren't yeah. I? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's, I think that people want, they want to know what to expect. Like people want to know how, what this is going to look like. And, and if they know that it's going to be hard, mm-hmm. hard work, I mean, they, they, then they can go in with the idea that this is this is going to be hard work. This is going to be something, but it's also going to be something that's that's going to be helpful for me in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is the one life that we have, mm-hmm. and we have to do it in relationships. I mean, we get to do it in relationships, mm-hmm. and we get to. But then also we have we have the relationship with ourselves. And yeah. if you're hating yourself when you wake up every morning, like that's not that is not the way that anyone should live. That's not the way that God wants us to live. Mm-hmm. God wants abundance in our life and and he wants he wants redemption in every aspect of who we are, in our spirit, in our soul and in our body. And when we become a Christian, we are sanctified in that spirit. Like mm-hmm. that's an instant thing. We are we're brought we're brought in full redemption in our spirit. And and sometimes those emotions and our tendencies and like even our you know our sinful tendencies aren't totally redeemed right away. Like you're not not everyone has that crazy conversion where they're like, "Oh, and then I didn't no. I didn't I you know, I, I threw away all my drugs and I like <laughs> I didn't, you know, sometimes so, that happens. Sometimes it happens. And that's great. And that's amazing and God does that. But other times other times we still we still have the bent towards whatever the sin is or or self-loathing. Mm-hmm. And and if you're struggling to get out of bed, God does not want that for your life. Like yeah. he wants us to have abundance and to have somebody speak into us to say to say like, okay, so this is a step that you can take towards that, towards yeah. waking up in the morning and not hating yourself. 
And as we're kind of talking about that, you know, I think that actually the process of sanctification is a good kind of parallel with therapy. I mean, it's different in some ways. It's not like perfect, but like the process of sanctification, a person who is actively working towards that with, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit in them, that is similar to what, you know, happens in, in therapy. Mm. But I think that the fact that sanctification is even a process and then it takes time. And even though there might be some quick, big breakthroughs, that oftentimes it's so much more of what's happening on the day-to-day that actually causes the healing. That is how therapy is. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's why therapists are known to say, like, lean into the process or there's mm-hmm. power in the process. And, yeah. like, it's true. Like, it's the, data, it's the day-to-day patterns and rearranging of those patterns that creates yeah. that long-lasting change, just like when we are working on our sanctification yeah. with God. It's like braces. Yeah. Where Look we, at us and all of our great analogies. I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're having all the analogies. But but if you're if if you went in with braces, like they you know, they gave you braces right away, and then they just cranked your teeth so much right at the beginning to be to to be straight, to be like totally perfect, mm-hmm. your teeth would fall out. Like they would turn black and they would die. Ugh. It like that's actually Really? I mean I don't know if they'd fall out, that. but but they um by 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 changing them so fast um it can actually kill your teeth Mm -hmm. and so that's why that's why it needs to be a slower process and it would also like kill you because it'd be so painful it's true we both had braces we both had braces (laughs) we were really cute kids (laughs) but um but that process is long and then it's you know it's actually something that it's something that is long lasting and 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 (laughs) I mean, then we have our retainers that I still wear sometimes so to like, you know, put in to keep <laughs> to keep my teeth straight. So maybe that maybe that's a little checkup. It's in, your booster session. Yeah. <laughs> once you're graduated from therapy, you still might want to go, might in, go every in and once just in a get a little tune up, you that's know, um, to just get a little check in of how are things. And let's let's readjust a little bit. Yeah, I think I mean. I think that therapy is, has, I know it's been very helpful for me, and I know it's been really helpful for a lot of people that I've talked to on this podcast. And so I've had a lot of people ask me about it. And um, so thank you, Kristen. Anytime. For, for coming on and, and giving your expertise with that. I would say also just if people are going through this process of just trying to decide to go to therapy even or like or to find a good therapist, invite the Holy Spirit into the process mm-hmm. and and ask God to to give you insight to how to find this person yep. how to find a good fit and um and just help you um help you find the right person and then help you find the right kind of therapy for you like mm-hmm. do I want something that's that's gonna be kind of aggressive with me or not not aggressive but um like a little bit more direct or something mm-hmm. I think the Lord is gonna I know that the Lord will help you find that person and give yeah. you peace in it because it is a big part of healing yeah. It's important. And I'm guessing that there's also probably some people listening who are like, eh, I'm pretty good. I'm doing okay. Like mm-hmm. there's like these things or like I don't really need it or I've tried it before and it wasn't that great or probably some people listening who have maybe done the one and done session thing. And I would just challenge you, like, why do you take every other aspect of your health perhaps more seriously than this? Hmm. You know, if you went in and, the, and they told you that you would cancer, most people would jump to getting the treatment for that. Yeah. Um, and just like cancer is eventually going to kill if you don't take care of it. Kind of what Ellie was saying is like, yeah. a lot of the psychological stuff really does kill. Like, it might not kill you physically, 
but it kills aspects of you yourself your identity your giftings that's just not being fully utilized and i would challenge you to say that that might be worth actually fixing it might be worth the investment and it's actually a great time for this because the new year is approaching yeah so i don't know when you're going to publish this it'll be at the new year yeah perfect Mm -hmm. so your new year's resolution my digest you know suggest could be to find your therapist yeah and get into therapy this next year yeah I would recommend. Me too. I would recommend. And note that I actually say this not just as a therapist, but but someone who's been in marriage therapy and in individual therapy. Yeah. So both as a consumer as well as a giver. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's so good. Well, thank you again, Kristen. Of Dr. course. Dr. Kristen for being here. Um, you're off to, in just a few days, off back to Hawaii, to, yep. to Oahu. Back to the ocean. I will, co- I will come to visit you, and then Cannot I'm sure wait. we'll record a few more podcasts while in I'm there, Hawaii, too. <laughs> the sound of the birds in the background. Can't wait. Can't <laughs> wait. Well, thank you so much, listeners, for, for joining me. Go find a therapist. Go reclaim something. And Happy New Year. Thank you so much for listening to the Reclaimed Podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and rate it on iTunes. If you're interested in partnering with the Reclaimed Podcast financially, you can do so on my Patreon page. Remember, you're not alone. There is hope. And we'll see you next week.